Hello, I'm Rob Beckett. And I'm Josh Whittacombe. Welcome to Parents in Hell, the show in which Josh and I discuss what it's really like to be a parent, which I would say can be a little tricky. So, to make ourselves, and hopefully you, feel better about the trials and tribulations of modern-day parenting, each week we'll be chatting to a famous parent about how they're coping. Or, hopefully, how they're not coping. And we'll also be hearing from you, the listener, with your tips, advice, and, of course, tales of parenting woe. Because, let's be honest, there are plenty of times when none of us know what we're doing. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Saks.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, you're listening to Parent in Hell with... Eloise, can you say Rob Beckett? Rob Beck. And can you say Josh Widdicombe? Josh him. Good girl. Oh, that was good. That's nice. Hi, Josh, Rob and Michael. I've been an avid listener since the beginning. You've uh, got me through homeschooling, lockdown and a change of career. Thank you for being so honest and candid about your lives. I think it definitely makes us all feel less like we're battling alone. This is my nine-year-old son Isaac asking his 23-month-old cousin, Eloise. 23-month? Two. Call it two. He's a massive fan and listens to you every night. Oh, that's nice, isn't it? He's nine. Nine? Nine. He's decided based on that he's not having kids because it's too much hard work. Oh, God. I'm just going through all the things I've said. A (laughs) nine-year-old? He knows more than I knew when I was nine, I'll tell you that. Um, Josh, are you on fire? What is that? Uh, you got, what's I, going on? I didn't realise it would be so visual. <laughs> I tidied my uh, office the other day. I found some incense, so I thought I'd light it to chill myself out. But it looks like I'm on fire. I, I like the idea of incense, but I always just feel like some sort of hippie auntie. I love it. Look, I've also got a candle I forgot. Look at this. It's like lush in your office. <laughs> it is. It is lush in my office. I'll tell you that for free. Isn't that t- I would say, though, from the backdrop, it doesn't look like you've tidied anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly the same. Well, what isn't tidy? There's, well, okay. There's loads of books on the shelf, which is fine. But That's there's fine. Crap, there's crap on that shelf you don't need that you've just... You haven't tidied. There's two you've dogs on the shelf there. They're, hold, yeah. they're, book, they're holding the books on. So there's still loads of crap on your speaker thing. There's still loads of wires and bags around your guitar. Yeah, that that's Rose's Christmas present. Okay. There's something else on the floor next to you by the radiator. Other side. What's that's that? my printer. That's your printer. <laughs> um, it looks a mess. It looks messier yeah, than it did before. Risk. And then there's smoke everywhere across yeah, the whole. Can... <laughs> it looks, it looks <laughs> like a, It looks like a, a Snapchat filter. <laughs> I don't know. I'm on fire. Right, I'm, gonna, I'm turning my video off. Oh, right, I'll turn it mine freaks off me as well. Out. Okay. Um, Josh, I think we should do a correspondence catch-up yeah, special. Yeah. 
We haven't done it for ages because we've been banging on. I know. People send us stuff and then we just bang on about ourselves. Exactly. And this stuff's, honestly, I've gone through it. I'd say, pound for pound, some of the greatest correspondence a podcast or television oh show has God. ever received. Oh. What? I mean... I mean, now what? I've set myself up for a fall here because the first one's in the defence of the term blow-off. Better, better than the stuff they got on the right stuff. <laughs> it's the Vine Show now, isn't it's it? It's the Vine Show, sorry. The Vine stuff, sorry. <laughs> yeah, all right, your references need that. <laughs> you're going to end up, your, your career, you're going to end up doing stand-up comedy at Butlin's 90s Weekenders. <laughs> where you just oh, mate. <laughs> just give me the contract I'll sign on the fucking dotted line. And it's all like bands from the 90s and then you turn up and just do co observational comedy from the 90s about like Bruce Grobbler. Too bloody right. I can't believe I haven't been booked. Tidied the basement yesterday, Rob. Tidied the basement? What's in there? Uh, not as much as there was, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Good work, like yeah, that. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I am a dad after all. <laughs> right, hit me with some correspondi. Okay, so you laughed at me for saying blow-offs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For farts. Hang on. So this is a, just a quick one to clear that up. Lots of defence for me for the term okay. blast. And in brackets here from Michael, although a disproportionate amount seems to be from the South East London area. <laughs> I'd, I'd say that's probably just a description of our listeners, a disproportionate amount from the South East London area. Oh, all that local I was doing at the Blue Water Book signing. Oh, was, my word. You didn't know what yeah. was going on. No. You looked like you'd been kidnapped. <laughs> Here we go. Hi, guys. This is more global for blow-offs. In regards to the discussion about blow-offs, I wanted to let you know, when I was a small child in the 80s in New Zealand, Ooh. New Zealand, my family exclusively used the term blow-offs. Probably moved from Lewisham or something yeah, um, yeah. to New Zealand. So much so, I honestly thought that the F word was farts until I was around eight. Oh, my word. Because it was completely taboo to use farts. Wow. I thought this was normal for the time period in New Zealand, but my husband finds this bizarre and his family only used the terms farts. Yeah, of course. I, I'm astonished it made it to New Zealand. It's just the southeast and New Zealand. That's a kind of weird kind of it is a weird spread of blow-offs. Well, you don't get more southeast than New Zealand, really, do you, if you look at a map? You start no, coming back round again. That, that is true. That is <laughs> true. It starts to become west again. What is that, again. Zone 9 by that point? <laughs> yeah, there's a couple of fast trains. Uh, this is from Kia. Further to this, for a brief time, um, this is so. Um, this is the same lady from New Zealand. Further to this, for a brief time, when I was in a youth group, the young Christians oh, <laughs> would yes, use please. the term windy pops. Ah, uh, windy pops. Now, yes. I've heard the term windy pops. Yeah, sure. But Who's yeah, windy pops. Yeah. Who the fuck have I heard say windy pot? I can't remember. My daughter would say farts. What about yours? Farts and blow-offs. It's a little yeah. combination. We're yeah. not strict. I think I said it before, but my dad used to say, ooh, shit. Who, who's shit? It's like, <laughs> so my mum was like, no, it's blow-offs. So I, I think she doubled right, down. Yeah, yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Where farts yeah. would have been fine. Anything's better than who's shit. Yeah, who's it? shit. It's like something like a football fan would shout, isn't it? <laughs> um, now, this is, has kids ever accidentally hurt you? Oh, yeah. Arthur was talking about Andy Murray breaking his nose from his kid. Yeah. These, these are really good, okay? Um, this, is from, this first one's from Chris. When my daughter was six months old, she poked me in the eye so hard, she split my cornea, <gasps> ruining my 2020 what? vision. No. Took four years to heal because my eye would four dry years. out and, and the scab rip open every time I woke up. Poor oh, my Chris. God. Oh, my word. Oh, the eye, the eye is a terrible thing to have. Four years to heal. By year three, you're thinking this isn't going to heal, right? Oh my. So my, my mum had, ter had terrible problems with her eyes, detached retinas and stuff. And what they do yeah. is when they reattach it, because of the pressure, you have to... <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing. But you basically put your head in a pillow face down. What? Because if you sit upright, it puts too much pressure. 
on your head and on so your, eye. your eyes in the pillow. No. Well, they're in your head still. But how are they getting to your eyes if your face is in a pillow? No, once they've done it. Oh, right, sorry. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't understand. The recovery, Josh. Right, OK. So sorry. they go in and you lie down normally, but then what yeah. they say is you're supposed to keep your head down, like, in your laps. My yeah. poor mum was hunched over this pillow lap. And then for every hour, you're allowed to pop up for ten minutes to do stuff. <laughs> and it was such a pressure. It was, I felt like I was pit crew. So I was like, like, like you know, like my mum would pop her head up, like, she's brushing her teeth, I've got her a cup of tea, got her a sandwich, yeah. she smashes the lap and puts her head down. That's and amazing. I, oh, my mic's gone down, sorry. I went off mic, sorry about that. Um, I sat down next to her when the chase was on. I had to, I had to talk her through what was happening in the chase. How does she not, I suppose, how distant they are and stuff like that? Exactly. And they've won away. Yeah. It was quite fun, actually. It was like you're a kind of um, one of those people that describes the blind kind of thing. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Like that. But, um, yeah, Audio so, description. So, sorry, Chris. I'm just trying to picture this. Yeah. Is your mum sat in a normal sitting position, but with her head in a pillow on her own lap? She's bracing for landing. Bracing for landing. So can't she just f- lie flat face down? Would that not be more comfortable? Potentially, but that's a tough position to be in all day, isn't it? But I, I think you could mix it up. I mean, I don't I don't know fully. If anyone's got any experience of detached retinas, maybe the doctor was just winding my mum up for a laugh. How long did she have to do this for? Oh, they kept on getting reattached it. She's had a fucking nightmare with them, but she's, oh, she's better now, which would is you, good. Would you ever get laser eye surgery? Well, I'm tempted because I hate having to wear glasses, but I'm just... The trouble my, my mum's had. Also, so this happened, she... It happened originally in Spain, and they told her, like, oh, it's really bad, blah, blah, blah. So she flew home to go to the doctors here. In the brace position the whole way. People shitting themselves. <laughs> oh, bless her. No, I saw her. <laughs> I got, my dad had to sort of sort out. But she flew back on her own. I met her at the airport. She was so upset, bless her. Took her to Moorfields. Anyway, she was in the waiting room. I went outside to get a bit of fresh air. And the bloke was like, can I get a photo, mate? And I was a bit like... No, actually, because I don't really want a photo of me on the internet the night my mum went blind. You know, I mean, potentially. I was like, I don't really want to document this. Like, it's a bit all see it. <laughs> That's it, what happened, though. She sat there, and the doctor in Spain told her, I think it was a translation problem, that she might go blind or whatever. Yeah. And then, so she was sat there, and then I'm eating a sandwich, and there wasn't, weren't many spaces in the waiting room. I'm right on the other side, and she shouted across the room, got a bit of mayonnaise on your chin. I was like, how bad are these eyes? <laughs> She's still humiliating me. The bad eight on your chin, boy. All right, fair enough. I love having glasses. Why? So much range. When you do an innuendo, you can just put them up and down a bit. The the little wiggle of the glasses helps. I've noticed that. I love the little wiggle of the glasses. I'd say it's made me 20% funnier in conversation. (laughs) It's so true, isn't it? Maybe that's why Romesh was doing so well for so long. (laughs) He had a head start on the glasses. Um, Right, I've got another uh, injury here. Yeah. Another eye one. Guys, quite eye heavy, this. One for the accidentally injured by your child. I was sitting next to my daughter, three, while she was turning the pages of a book. When I got too close, she would turn the page and I got a paper cut on my eyeball. Oh, my God. No. <laughs> Why are you so close? <laughs> she's, oh. now, she's now eight, and it still hurts to this day. Oh, my God. And oh. she's scarred for life physically and mentally, reading bedtime stories as approached with caution. Good way of getting out of bedtime <sighs> stories. Sorry. Yes. I'm just, it just brings back me cutting my eye open on a page of Fox's socks. Um, Anna in Harrogate, that is mum to Lydia A and Finbar 4. Finbar. Does your eye bleed? If you cut your eye. Well, I imagine so. It's Sorry, am I, sto- am I stoned on that? 
incense. Imagine if you had three eyes. Would you, how, would, how would it look? Would it look the same, but like, click? would it be rounder? Well, how would it be? Just imagine. Would you see in 4D? <laughs> Who have we got next? Who have we got? Another children hurting adults. This has gone down a storm, this one. Hey, guys. Just heard your call out for stories of kids hurting adults and had to share a story I witnessed a few years ago. I was working at a nursery at the time in the preschool room, and this day we had an activity set up with a big roll of paper over the floor for kids to draw all over. You know that sort of thing. Happy kids drawing fairies and poor patrol dogs, but obviously quite rubbish when there's an almighty scream. One four-year-old girl had taken a coloured pencil and gone over to my colleague who was laying on her front, drawing with a group of children, and she grabbed the pencil and shoved it up her nose. Oh, no. It was like a horror movie for five minutes. Children screaming, my colleague pissing blood from the nose whilst his stunned kid looked on. Thank God you said from the nose. For a minute, I was like, that is an injury. (laughs) No, from the nose. It's all in the nose. No eyes now. Oh, God. It was all okay in the end, and everyone handled the situation like professionals. All appropriate safeguarding measures and incident protocol, etc. Oh, shut up, stiff neck. We know that. No one's checking. No police are listening to this. Your boss ain't listening to this. But obviously not a sight you forget. Not at all, Kieran. That sounds brutal. Here we go. Um, this is Oh, this is good, Josh. We need your expertise on this, okay? Oh, yeah. Because well, it's worrying. World Cup fever is upon us, isn't oh, yes. it? Hi, yeah. Rob and Josh. My wife and I, a long time listeners to the pod and we are expecting our second kid two weeks today so this is a couple of weeks ago we've had this so the baby should be arriving all very similar to my euros okay so the baby should have arrived by now in the middle of the world cup baby um this is very exciting dan in middlesbrough this is we already have a four-year-old boy and my leave starts on the 18th of november so i'll be off work for the full tournament with a newborn and a four-year-old i'm so excited for him is this good or bad news because the four-year-old at school, presumably, or the four-year-olds mm, may- still at nursery, maybe, but lightly nursery. Should at school. be in some sort of nursery because that's when you get from four. Yeah, that's when you get the free state-run sessions, don't you? Um, now, while this absolutely wasn't planned, naturally, I now want to make the most of this opportunity to watch as many games as possible while supporting my missus and not dying from sleep deprivation. I'm glad he said supporting my missus because I th- I felt like he was say. While supporting our good country, England. That, like, that was going to be his... his <laughs> Gareth and the boys. Gareth and the boys. Basically, what he wants here, Josh, is brainstorm and to give him some survival tips and advice we may have now. So, I had a one-month-old. You had a one-month-old during the Euros? During the Euros. Okay. The good news, first, mm-hmm. is games that don't matter, it's much better for. Yes. Because the first month of having a child is essentially watching lots of daytime TV. And what is the World Cup if not the best daytime TV there is? Oh, my God. So, this is like a rousing speech. Come on, keep going. <laughs> like Michael Sheen. So, <laughs> so, talk, talk to all the dads out there, new dads, about why it's so good for the World Cup to be on with a newborn. So let's go through the World Cup fixtures. You will be fine on Tuesday the 22nd of November at 1pm. You'll be able to watch Denmark v Tunisia guilt-free. <laughs> the big one. The big one. And then at 4pm, Mexico v Poland, guilt-free. That's fine. I'd, I'd suggest maybe going for a walk with the baby in the pram yeah. to get to get it to sleep in between games. 
in between games exactly and let's be honest these aren't games you need to watch so intently so you can still be making toast you know filling up the large bottle of water that your wife needs because she's breastfeeding all exactly. of these kind of things oh can i suggest something can i suggest yeah. something josh right so two things from my point of view like functional things one download the games you can go to the world cup and click add to iCalendar or google calendar oh yeah i've got that. them all lined up so now 22nd november i can see argentina saudi arabia 10 a.m kickoff tunisia Denmark, one o'clock. Mexico, Poland, four o'clock. France, Australia, seven o'clock. So exactly. you can, if you do this now, you can, I'd say, plan ahead, have it in your phone. And on top of that, either for your iPad, laptop or phone, get some sort of device that clips it to the buggy so you can yes. walk around the park watching the game and, and try and get some sort of data package. Also, at night... yeah. There's this podcast, obviously, but we're not daily. There's fo there's daily football podcasts to get you through the night because it's the World Cup. Mm. Now, the negatives. Okay. The negatives. At, at the moment, I've, I've never felt more positive and never felt more like an expert. This is this is our zone. This is our world, Josh. Exactly. I, should I just say on that calendar thing, if you do work as a freelancer like me and Rob, yeah. and you haven't had the England games plotted in your diary with all the options for the second round quarterfinal and semifinal plotted in your diary for at least six months while you're booking yeah. stuff in. You deserve to miss out. You deserve to miss out because <laughs> it was there. The information yeah. has been there for you. Yeah, do not be surprised that England are in the quarterfinals. And then you go, oh God, but I'm working this day. Your fucking problem, your fault. Yeah. Plan yes. ahead. Don't be a <laughs> dickhead. This is on you now. Don't start blaming the world about, oh, it's all going against me. No, take it on the chin, take the responsibility and own your own diary. Isn't that right, Josh? Exactly. I'm totally in agreement. Now, the bad news. Oh, no. Evening games are tricky. Yes, yes. It's about four-year-old bedtime. He's got a four-year-old as well, Josh. This is tough. Yes. You're, you're, the 7 p.m. games are write-offs for you. I'm mm. going to be honest with you. The chances of you watching USA v Wales are very small indeed. <laughs> The, ch the, chance, the chances of you watching Belgium v Canada are distant. <laughs> I am sorry. Brazil, about Serbia, that. no chance. <laughs> no chance on Brazil, Serbia. So, Argentina, Mexico, what a game that's going to be. Oh, no chance. Well, seven. No chance, mate. And Spain, Germany, gutted. You're fucked. You've got a new ball. Life's over. <laughs> So, there's pluses and negatives. Let's move on to... Is he English? Do we know where he's from? Is he English? Middlesbrough. So Middlesbrough, so he's assume, English. Yeah. Presume. England games are tough. That first one's at 1pm. You're probably going to be watching that while holding a baby. I reckon... I, this is my advice, Josh. Just say to your partner, look, I would love to go to the pub and watch those games. Yeah. Uh, give me those... Give me three, four hours for those days and then a bit of a lie-in in the morning, if possible. Then I will swap that for you to have that and you don't have to go and watch, you know, Serbia, Brazil, but go out with your friends. You know, do a proper shift and go, look, I would love to go and watch these games. And then it's... So over the month, you pick out your free days, I'll pick out my free days and let's have some own, our own time and enjoy ourselves. And if you're going to make a trade-off, here's a good idea. If you're gonna, if you're in a couple and one of you likes football and the other doesn't, and you want to watch the England games, show you're willing to compromise by sacrificing some of those pointless early group games. Uh, look, you don't need to watch England Iran. You don't need to watch England v Iran. Go, I'm happy not to watch England v Iran, and then come the semi-finals, that will pay out big style. Exactly. I gave up on in the Euro, no, the World Cup before. I had the baby because we had a little one for the World Cup in Russia. I missed out on England Sweden. Watched that at home because I yeah, sort of knew exactly. we were going through. But then for the big ones, I'm there for Colombia. Exactly. Exactly. I think that was actually very public good. service. What we did yeah. there. 
that, that's yeah, great. So. Um, that, that felt like a live thread. You know, go, World Cup with a newborn, here's a thread. Those wankers. I don't mind it in a sort of chat on a podcast, but you go, World Cup with a newborn, here's the thread. Why don't oh. you fucking shove your thread up your eye? Even if it's really good advice, I'm like, why don't you fuck off with your thread, mate? <laughs> Shoot Fred. <laughs> I don't know why I'm sitting proportionately. Imagine sitting off. writing a thread. Oh, piss off. Get a blog, you loser. <laughs> and you're, you're writing it out all beforehand and then you're working out where you're going to split it tweet-wise. <laughs> Grow up. Just put it all out in one go on Instagram or something. Here's a thread. Oh, hopefully loads of people retweet it and like it. You're pathetic. I like to go down a thread and watch the retweets getting smaller and smaller as you get further in the thread. <laughs> oh, that must kill. That must kill those thread makers. <laughs> the thread of stairs. Oh, that's yeah. a good one, isn't it? Oh, that is nice. I was trying to do one about Fred the footballer, but because he's just called Fred, there's nothing to go oh, yeah. <laughs> Thread. Fred. Fred. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Sax.com. Right, I've got a really long story here, Josh, but it's a good one. Do you want it? Yes. It's it's like a true crime documentary. Okay, good. For the first four seconds, I'll be silent because I've worked out how to mute my mic so that I can take a drink of water. Okay, cool. Yeah, please do that because everyone hates the slurpy slag. Here we go. Long story, but a mad scenario. Hi, Rob and Josh. Done it. I'm a bit... Well, that is... I tell you what, mate, you are getting slick. I have to identify when I'm definitely not going to laugh. When you're not going to... Do you know what I mean? I'm, yeah. I identify when... I think we can take it as read that any correspondence starts off with a little bit of business. Yeah, okay. You're good. not getting that... So as soon as I say hi, Rob and Josh, you start yeah. slurping. Okay, cool. Thank you. <laughs> that, nothing funny is going to happen <laughs> in the first paragraph. I guarantee okay. you. That's, that's the main thing. Okay, I'm hi Rob and Josh. I'm a bit out of sync, but listening to your pods about kids starting school recently reminded me of something that happened when my youngest daughter started school nursery eight years ago. We had gone for the traditional Clark shoes, 40 quid a pop even then, and all was going well in the first week until the Wednesday when I went to collect her. The staff had not been able to find one of her shoes, so they put her in wellies to get home, expecting the other one to turn up the next day. The next day, the staff jubilantly held up the matching shoe they had found, except that when we looked at it, although it was the same style, it was a good inch longer than my daughter's tiny one. The staff oh. said they would ask all the other parents with kids with the same style shoes and ask if someone had taken home oh. our shoe by mistake. And they seemed yeah. confident they could sort it out. Yeah. On the Friday morning, they were a bit cagey when I asked how they got on and said they were still working on it, but they couldn't say any more. After school, they finally told me they'd worked out what happened. The other parent had got home from school on Wednesday with two very different size shoes instead of assuming there'd been a mix-up at school at least six of the kids had the same style of shoe they had convinced themselves that clarks had sold them shoes of different sizes oh no oh no this is despite their child having worn the shoes with no problems for the first two days of the week and that the shoes were so different in size it was visible from space they had <laughs> they had apparently gone back to clarks on wednesday evening oh, and got no. them to oh, swap no. our oh, tiny no. one for a large one that matched their kid's size 
The nursery staff were very apologetic, but said they had discussed with the head and decided they couldn't tell me the other, who the other parent was, although they had explained everything to the other parent and told them who I was. They said they hoped they would, the parent would make themselves known to me and then we could go into Clark's together and explain what had happened. Either because they were too embarrassed or just sociopaths, oh, no. the parents did not make themselves known to oh, me. Oh, come on now. I Come kept nagging the school to tell me who they were as we were 40 quid down at this point. Another couple of weeks passed. We bought some cheap Asda shoes to be going on with, but nobody confessed. Eventually, we, the school decided they could tell me who the other parent was. Oh. As they could see how unfair it was. But by this point, it's, it's awkward, isn't it, by mm. this point? Well, that's what, that's what the lady says here. I decided I didn't want to know as we were all getting to know each other as a group of parents and we were getting yeah. on really well and we were looking at another eight years of being in a small school oh, together. Oh, my word. Oh, my word. I didn't want the fight. They obviously didn't want to confess and too much time had passed for it not to be awkward. I declined the offer, but put it down to experience and never did find out who it was. Oh, wow. Eight years on and our daughters are probably at the same high school and still friends. We probably know the parent or parents as well. Maybe if they listen to the pod, they could use this as a confessional. Oh, yes. So if you're out there and you swapped a shoe eight years ago, it's time to confess. Or, if they don't want to confess, Mary from Manchester says they could anonymously deliver a bottle of posh gin to my door. They know <laughs> who they are and they know they need to do the right thing. Mary wow. from Manchester. The best thing would be to deliver the right size shoe that now obviously doesn't fit anymore. With gin, gin in a shoe. Gin in a shoe. Bottle of gin in a shoe. Mary from Manchester. Originally Plymouth. Veteran oh. of the 1984 Green Army Glory Day in the FA yeah. Cup semi-final, semi-final against, Watford. against Watford. Did you beat Watford at Villa Park? No, we lost 1-0, but then we got to the FA Cup semi-final when we were in what is now League One. Which yeah, I wouldn't say a... that's the Glory Day. I'd say the quarterfinal was the Glory Day. Yeah. <laughs> Very <laughs> true indeed. <laughs> the Glory Day of the 1-0 defeat. Oh, Come on, the, the Green the Army. The best bit about Euro 96 was that game we lost to Germany, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, the glory day of when I got poked up the nose by a kid at my nursery. <laughs> that glory day. Oh, that's a good story, isn't it? That's a long one. Do you know what I'd do in that situation, Rob? I wouldn't have taken the name, but I would be telling that anecdote to other parents to see if they flinched. So it'd be like, here's a funny thing that happened a few years ago. Yeah. And then you tell the story, acting as if you know it isn't them, because it probably isn't them. But at some point, a parent might go, all right, hands up. I, I think there'll be people that may know. Like, I mean, Mary in Manchester, who's a Plymouth fan, who was there for the glory day. Yeah. Someone at that school know that some that's just what's so excited about true crime is somebody knows. Somebody knows. Somebody yeah. knows the truth. And it's about time they confess. No one's gonna be in trouble. Just a bottle of gin on Mary's door. Mary, let us know if that gin comes. That the most exciting will be if she just gets a bottle of gin on her door. That's the best way out of this for everyone. A bottle of gin saying I'm too embarrassed to say my name. Sorry. Yeah. And a bottle of yeah. gin. Because time's passed. Or just forty quid in an envelope. I hope they know Mary's address. Or put it in the put it in the kid's bag. Not the bottle of gin, but maybe a note. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder okay. if the kids know. I wonder if the kid would remember or would the kid have been too small to remember? I think they forget that kind of stuff, don't they? Yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not, that, it's not that memorable. I don't think we should start investigating. I don't think we should take the kids in for questioning. No, no, no. That would be, be a great podcast episode. We'd pop up to Manchester, interview kids about the shoe. <laughs> Do you know what? That would be a good idea until we spoke to one kid who went, 
don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, and then yeah, we're like, yeah, yeah, should exactly. just go back home. And we're like, oh my God, we spent 400 quid on train tickets. It's so expensive. <laughs> right. Um, right, do you want some more correspondence? Yes. This is. I'm enjoying this. It's good, isn't it? Oh, I'd muted to slurp, oh, Rob. Oh, exactly. But I hadn't started. I told you when I do the high look there. Look, hi, dudes. Listening to your podcast, tip slurp, slurp, slurp in beautiful Vancouver, Canada. Slurp, slurp, slurp. I wanted to share a parenting tip that was acceptable. Slurp, slurp, slurp in the seventies, according to my parents. There's never a laugh in the first paragraph, no, Josh. No. So this is a uh, Sherry. She's talking about boomer parenting in Vancouver, Canada, in the seventies. My brother and sister and I were busy fighting in the back of our car when we went out for a trip to the beach sort of forget there's beaches in Canada I just think it's cold and mooses yeah I don't picture it as beachy yeah the mountain looked like it'd be too hot on a beach I mean I suppose any country that has got coast has got beaches I'm about I'm sure it has <laughs> some, but someone's some gonna, insightful stuff I feel here. like I'm about to get buzzed on QI when I say that but like <laughs> um, anyway they're on the way to the beach my fed up dad who was driving stopped the car and told us we had run out of petrol and we were to push the car so he got us out took us to the back of the car and told to push it he got back in the car with my mum and sat and had a smoke while we pushed. After a while, what? he magically started the car and we climbed back in. All tired out and no energy left to fight with, we all fell asleep in the back of the car. Now that's clever parenting, eh? Cheers and thanks for the laughs. You guys are doing a fantastic job. What? So he basically, they were annoying him. I quite, I yeah. actually respect this. Yeah. They were annoying him. So he got them to push the car. I think they're old. They're not like a two-year-old. They're like teenagers. So they'd shut up and stop annoying and be tied out. And then he just went, yep, started now. And they were all quiet. Amazing. That is good. That is good. That is good parenting. Also, when he said had a smoke, do they mean just a cigarette? Because I'd say the phrase had a smoke sounds like he's In my head, he's lit high. up a joint. Yeah, in my head too. It's just that little joint on the way, on no the way to the beach. No wonder they fall asleep. They're basically <laughs> hotboxing in that car. It's like you, your incense. Just it's that. like me at the moment. <laughs> hey, man, what about that eyeball thing? Should we go back on that chat? <laughs> if you could be one vegetable for the rest of your life, what would you be? Me, broccoli. You? Uh, sweet corn. Sweet corn. Were you actually asking? I didn't know, I didn't know whether you were still Sweet corn on the corn or just ripped apart? On the cob. On the on cob. That looks like, it feels like being on the terraces. Although it's the worst way to be eaten, wouldn't it? Because you're like basically savage. Your skin's savage. Anyway, let's move on because I'm not stoned. <laughs> I need to get some of that incense, mate. You're, you're like yeah. Bill Hicks. You've gone to another dimension. <laughs> Here we go. This is, a, this is a parenting fail. This one, I like this one. Hi, Rob and Josh. I need to tell you about my soon-to-be mother-in-law and her questionable parenting skills. This is bold, isn't it? Someone yeah. having a dig before they're even married. This is Emma. She says, when my fiancé and I got together, he told me he was allergic to nuts. He had an allergic reaction when he was a child and hasn't eaten one since. After about four months of dating, we went to a chocolate shop in our local shopping centre. My fiancé bought a Toblerone and said he really liked them. As we were driving, he decided to crack open the Toblerone and started eating it. He was eating it quite happily and nothing happened. Eventually, I grew some balls and I asked him if he could check the ingredients. To his shock and surprise, it had almonds in it. Yeah. Very confused and panicky. He called his mum to ask what the signs of a reaction were and what he should do. Should he go to hospital? Oh, no. what, what should I do? Oh, no. What should I look out for? His mum went silent and said, you don't need to panic, son. All confused, he asked her why. His mum responded, I didn't want to share my Ferrero Rochers when you were a kid. What? She said to him he was allergic to peanuts. And that then, is unbelievable. Because she, she didn't want to share oh, her Ferrero Rochers. Oh, my God, that is incredible. That is... <laughs> Wow. Wow. I didn't understand what was going on then, but now I absolutely... That is... So she just lied. Fair play. Fair play. He still hasn't forgiven her. They are a very, very nice chocolate. Uh, but, uh, and they're not cheap. No. 
the ambassador's spoiling you, isn't he? <laughs> the ambassador's really, really, <laughs> really going for it. Oh dear! Right, we've got a, got a couple more. Okay, here. these are great. He's, I'm really enjoying this. I feel, I feel free. This is a lovely episode, isn't it? It's really nice. Hi, Rob and Josh. A quick one on your theme of if my therapist could see me now. This is where you sort of have a strange reaction to news that isn't really about the news. And it sort of makes you realise maybe there's a few issues I need sorting out. Also, if you do have anything you want to contribute to these items of when you've been hurt by a kid, the therapist one or boomer parenting, parenting fails, email them in. Because we do do these every now and again, these sort of correspondence yes. episodes as well as the odds and sods in normal episodes. This is a good one. For if my therapist could see me now. This is uh, from Karen, whose kids are in their 30s and uh, are still joyful hard work. Oh, God. Um, I'm not that old. We're from Middlesbrough originally. We started early. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Here we go. So this is a Karen's story of when a therapist should have seen her. Yeah. Was picked up by my husband some years ago when things were getting tough at work, etc. with life. And I was a bit, bit overworked and a bit tired. He casually mentioned Andy Williams had died. At which point I burst into uncontrollable <laughs> sobs. And, and no offense for Andy way. Williams, but that is. Yeah. Yeah, I rest in peace. Yeah, rest in peace. And I stayed that way for hours on the drive back home while he kept looking at me very, very worried as I was constantly crying. Wow. He said, I didn't even know you liked Andy Williams. I'm so sorry. Shall I play something by him? What's your favourite song? At this point, I realised I couldn't name one Andy Williams song with a gun to my head. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Is that one of them? It'd be a weird one to play, wouldn't it? Yeah. And I'm very sorry he's died, but I have no feeling about him one way or no, the other. Of course not. Which made me think, maybe it's not about Andy Williams. <laughs> <laughs> that is incredible. That's great, isn't it? Yeah. Really good stuff. Do you ever have an emotional reaction to a celebrity you've never met dying? Like, does it... No, but no one sort of died that that's... That's meant something to you in no, your childhood. No, I think, yeah. I think that happens when you're about 50. Yeah. That happens because they're all, everyone's in their 70s and 80s when you was a teenager, like when they were make, breaking... Yeah. Into... My dad said when Charlie Watts from Rolling Stones died a few years ago, he felt really like... Fuck, like yeah, and so a lot of people yeah. like Bowie really yeah. upset them because they're really into Bowie, but not not yet. But I think imagine like people that really like the Gallagher brothers, and then like yeah. sort of Billy Connolly, people like that. Yeah, were really might make me, but I don't know. I don't know if I will. Yeah, Andy Williams, did that hit you hard? No, I, I'm still not sure who he is. I thought he played for Nottingham Forest. <laughs> Josh, you fancy going for a beer? Maybe like the 14th of April. Can't do the 14th of April, Rob. How come it comes? We're doing the Parenting Hell Arena tour at Manchester Arena. Oh, okay, how yeah. About, how about the 19th of April? Oh, no, I can't do that. I'll be doing the Parenting Hell Live tour in Nottingham. What about the 20th of April? Cardiff Arena, Parenting Hell Live, Cardiff oh. Arena. 21st? 21st of April? 20, uh, no, I can't do that either. London 02. 20, 20, 23rd of April? I can do the 22nd, we've got a day off. Uh, 23rd, okay. yes, yes, Wembley. <laughs> what about the 28th of April? I'm in Birmingham. Do you know what, Rob? Parent in Hell Live Tour. Yeah, but we'll just have a drink afterwards. Yeah, should we do that? Yeah, that'd be nice. We need to plug the live tour, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's a live tour of Parenting Hell, and I cannot wait. It's genuinely going to be an absolute thrill to do. And do you know what it would make? The perfect Christmas present. Two of those tickets. Ooh. Oh, great Christmas present. Or Father's Day present or Mother's Day present. Exactly. See you there. Do you want another one? Yeah, go on. This is for Nana Irene in Braintree. Okay. 
Hi both. I'm a nana to Emily four and Tommy five months and mum to Glenn and Leanne. Absolutely love the podcast from day one of Phil. I must tell you about just one of the embarrassing episodes we've had. When he was two, he was sitting at a crossroads in his buggy. I was pushing the buggy. I started talking to an old man next to me whilst waiting for the green man. The green man started flashing, so I started pushing the buggy to the middle of the road. At the same time, the old man stumbled forward and fell over, crashing to the ground, hitting his arm and his head. Others rushed over to help him up. It wasn't until I reached the other side, I realised Glenn was clinging onto his walking stick. So this oh old bloke God. Oh fell to God, the ground... No. Turned around and Glenn's still holding the stick. Oh my god, that's so good! That's so good. Oh, that would be all instantly felt sick. Top tip don't stand the bugging too close to others at crossings. Nana Irene in Braintree. Good yes, tip, Nana good Irene. Point, good point. Oh, that was lovely. I love that the fact good. that Nan's emailing. Yeah, it's fucking great. The thing is, Nans are a lot younger and cooler now than they were when they were little. When yeah. when I was little, it felt like if anyone got to 60, they automatically wore shit clothes and sat down. Yeah, what clothes are we going to wear when we're in our 60s? Are we still going to dress like we dress now? Or do we start to dress older? Or did old people always dress like old people dress now when they were younger? Sorry, am I stoned? That's a riddle. Uh, sorry, but do you know what she I mean? She sells seashells uh, on the seashore, sorry. right? Are you going to start to dress older? I'm in, or... a real, I'm in a real crossroads of fashion at the moment, Josh. Are you? I don't know who I am or what I wear anymore. I remember... Someone told me that John Bishop said, and he's, he's a well-dressed man, that no one should wear trainers after 40. I'm, I'm uh, 39, Rob. Well, I don't, don't want to go for a run in a pair of brogues. No, no, fair, fair enough. Oh, but, no, I meant just like day to day. Yeah, but I can't be wearing shoes day to day. No, it's not, no, but I think that's bad. That's why all old people have got terrible posture. You need, you need yeah. trainers to help with your... That's when you need them more. So you're going to be dressed in a pair of Yeezys at 70? Well, not that's a bad example, but you're going to be dressed in a pair <laughs> no, of... No, no, I've never before, but more, more recently I've been getting into them. <laughs> Um, maybe there's a market for a nice pair of shoes that have the cushioning sole yeah. that still look smart. Because what yeah. I find is you either got running shoes that make that look awful. You see people in the commute with like yeah. a lovely suit on and a terrible pair of oh, running yeah, shoes. Yeah, and most yeah, running shoes that are really comfortable look mental. Yeah. Oh yeah. And like the, the, the Jerry Seinfeld style. Like, awful. But awful. they're so good for your posture, so good yeah. for your your knees and your joints. And as you get older, you need to look after them. But the other option is like. Basically, some sort of like Victorian bit of wood that you're yeah. clonking about. What, there's got to be a... shoes are not. Co- when are people going to admit shoes aren't comfortable? I fucking hate wearing shoes. It's, it's rubbish. I, it's I don't rubbish. Want a suit. I'd go barefoot if I could. <laughs> if I was warm enough. Right, Diana Vickers. Do you know what happened to me when I had a newborn? Because I was in the flat. We was it. We was in a little flat that had yeah. really hard flooring, like wooden floors, and. Because you're in, indoors all day, but you don't stop moving because you're running from room to room, doing stuff, tidying yeah. up, washing the baby, walk, sometimes walking around holding the baby. I was walking around so much. I started getting that plantar fasciitis thing because I What's was that? just walking. That's when the sole of your foot gets really sore, when ah. you're, not, you're walking without support or you're walking barefoot loads and stuff like that. Ah. I, so sometimes you get it on holiday if you're just in flip-flops all the time. Yeah. And I was, well, but then I, I put a pair of... I, what I do is if I've got a lot of stuff to do in the house, I put a pair of like soft cushioning like running shoes on, you get do so you? much more done. You feel like you're pumped, ready to go. Because <laughs> barefoot, you sort of slap about. But I am feel like, let's go. I'm like bouncing around up the stairs with your little bouncy shoes. Oh, God. I'm like I Kipchoge. I, I hate running shoes. If I'm not running, i tell you what happened to me once, Rob. Go on. I had a meeting in town. Yeah. And I went to the gym first. Went mm. in my gym kit, in my PE kit. And then went to get changed. And I'd forgotten my normal trainers. 
Oh no, so what did you wear? I had to wear my Jerry Seinfelds. <laughs> Like the big, big chunky trainers with a pair of jeans. They're five with a tracksuit. With a pair of jeans and a shirt, you look like a fucking bellend. I know. This is my, <laughs> this is my fashion crossroads problem. I need to wear my posture is terrible. I, I need to go to the car. My, my chiropractor's moved to, to Dubai. I don't live here anymore, so yeah. I need to get in the chiropractor because my posture's terrible. I'm like a fucking wanking squirrel, all hunched over. <laughs> yeah, so, you're like your mum when she had a retina out. <laughs> yeah, I'm absolutely retina, retina recovery. They call me. <laughs> And so it gets worse if I don't wear sort of comfy shoes. But I'm at a fashion crossroads because those Jerry Seinfeld trainers look fine with a tracksuit, but with jeans and normal clothes, like you're going for meetings. You can't. You can't. 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 Maybe we should invent some shoes. (laughs) There's a gap in the market. Adidas are looking for someone. Look, let's face it. We are. This podcast is for tired people and their bodies hurt. Let's try and help them be fashionable and comfy. Comfy shoes that you can wear when they're fashionable. Yeah, because they just don't do them, do they? It doesn't even need to be fashionable. I just want to wear them without looking like an absolute bell end. Yes, exactly. Like, so we want a trainer that looks like an. Because I love Adidas Sambas, but it's like yeah. walking on a bit of wood. Oh, mate, my Converse. I might as yes. well be barefoot. Right, so what we need to make is kind of a sort of something very simple, very basic shoe that is also comfy. Yeah. That's the answer. Yeah, we can put a man on the moon, but we can't do that. Well, we can. <laughs> we can. We've got, and I'll tell you what, that'll go on a big pile of ideas we won't do. Yeah. <laughs> See you then. With all the other shit I've got knocking about. Yeah. Right, should right. we do sm- small business Small business shout-outs. shout-outs. Here we go. Right, you got one. I've got one, yeah. Hi, Rob and Josh. I've just launched a new shoe. <laughs> Oh, you're like that incense has powered you up. Absolutely powered me. You're right. flying. Full transparency. This uh, is, well, it's for underdog fitness. And it's the guy, my mate Luke, who's trained me in boxing for the last few years as a side hustle. Not just me, he had other clients. But now he's going full time with his business, Underdog Fitness. That's underdog, little uh, dash thing, fitness.uk. And on Instagram, at underdog underscore fitness 1912. And uh, he's boxed all his life. And I do one-on-one sessions with him, so you can book him oh, for that good. in the uh, South East London area. And it's good because he's really good training, really good exercise, but it's quite fun. And if, if you're into boxing, he can sort of talk you through, like, this is the move Canelo does. or this is the move. So it's quite interesting if you're a boxing fan. But Lou does it as well. He's, um, he's got a huge female client list. Boxing can be a bit alpha male and a bit toxic. But I think if you do it on your own, because boxing gyms are intimidating, but it's such good cardio and it's such good fun. And in between, because I sort of do a 45 minute session where you do, you punch in, have a little break, like rounds and you can have a chat. And he's really, really lovely bloke. And uh, it's all quite good, actually, because you sort of talk about life as well as it's sort of like half therapy, half boxing. But I absolutely love it. It's got my fitness really good. Um, It's just my diet that's let me down. Boxing is the most knackering thing you can do. And the knackering bit is staying on your toes. I know it's great for cardio. And also for blokes, right, man boobs are the main problem, I think, for men at a certain age. That, it sorts all your arms, your back, your shoulders and your tits out. Do you know what I mean? And then the cardio works on the little beer belly. Um, But, yeah, so Luke is absolutely brilliant and he does one-on-one personal training, which is what I do, which is brilliant. But he can also offer strength and conditioning and nutritional advice, which I haven't done yet because I haven't had time. Um, And he also does ladies' classes. (laughs) I haven't had time, Rob. Come on. (laughs) Next year. that's the least, that's, that's the quickest bit. <laughs> and he also does ladies only classes in Bromley's, in Bromley area. Um, and the, he's going to increase that to men classes soon as well. He does small group training as well. So he can do a whole family and come around. But yeah, if you go on Instagram and follow at 
underdog underscore fitness one nine one two um and you can and he's got a website underdog fitness you can find it all there give him a follow see what he does and if you're in the southeast london kent bromley area he can come to you or you can go to one of his classes lovely bloke and he's trying to start up a new business after lockdown so yep give him a follow and uh go and get fit and rock hard it's quite good as well because i feel like i could defend myself if someone attacked me now josh hey rob and josh we're lara and tiff and we run brush and bubbles a female founded small business where we hold painting and Prosecco workshops. Two very different ends of the spectrum this week on Small. <laughs> yeah, I know. But it's good, isn't it? It is. It's something for everyone. We absolutely love your podcast. Tiff has a newborn and so seeks a lot of comfort from it as a first-time mum. Our goal is to emphasise the importance of creativity and to make art fun and accessible to everyone with countless benefits it has for mindfulness. We also created art kits and posted free online tutorials on YouTube during lockdown to keep everyone happy and creative during this very difficult time. We absolutely love to be part of the small business shout out as we're trying to spread the joys and benefits of painting and any help to spread the word is greatly appreciated. Insta at brush and bubbles. Lots of love, Tiff and Lara. There you go. Lovely stuff. Good work, Josh. See you on Friday. Yeah, see you on Friday. Bye. If you are not in the queue and you are waiting, then step to the side. He got in touch. He said, yeah, sorry, mate. You didn't seem like yourself the other day. You've only met me three times. The self-service checkout. I don't care what you're called. I'm not getting tricked into working here. People at festivals in those stupid jester hats. I glanced at a tampon. £2.69 <laughs> for a bottle of water. Why is your Wi-Fi code? Social media. Ten characters the boss starts guiding you. I don't care Boot if you're watching. Boot cut jeans. What's upset you now? I'm Sean Walsh. And I'm Paul McCaffrey. We are the hosts of What's Upset You Now? The UK's angriest podcast. And we are back for Series 5. Booyah! We all love a good moan, don't we? And Sean and I, well, Sean mostly, are two of the best in the absolute business. And every Tuesday and Thursday, we moan about all those little things that really get our goat. We also have guests. What guests have we had, Sean? We have had Romish Ranganathan, Rob Beckett, Mark Lamar, Joe Brand, Catherine Ryan, Tom Allen. 15-minute episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. Brand new What's Upset You Now, Series 5, out now. Oh, for God's sake.